Today we're wrapping up this series called Risky Business. If this is your first few times with us, you'll be able to relate to our topic today. And I also, though, encourage you to head to our YouTube channel to check out the first three weeks of this series. Because for most all of us, this idea of risk is maybe never more relevant than it is right now. Particularly as we start to reopen our lives from this pandemic, and as we sort of ask, how do we actually do that? So to catch up, uh, to catch you all up, we all have a tendency, whether we consider ourselves risk takers or not, whether we feel like we live life on the edge, uh, we all have a tendency to stay in our comfort zones when it comes to some risky opportunities in life. Uh, we want to feel like we can control our world or make us feel like it's more predictable and safe. In fact, as Jesus followers, we can be the worst at this because we turn Jesus into a risk aversion plan. Uh, somehow we get the idea that God's ultimate plan for us is to be safe. And fear is the emotion that causes us to crave more safety and more predictable things in life, which, as you may have guessed, leads us away from anything risky. And fear is the primary reason we avoid doing most things. And fear is the primary reason we avoid doing what God wants us to do. And we started in week one looking at a parable from Jesus that reminded us that we think that if, we, if I risk nothing, I'll lose nothing. However, Jesus says, when you risk nothing, you lose everything. And then in week two, we looked at a bit of a sort of a strange story where Jesus walks on water and Peter asked to walk on water also. A pretty risky proposition. And when Peter started to sink, Jesus was right there when he needed most. And Jesus will be right there when you need him most as well. And interestingly, the remedy for fear is rarely more safety or security. The remedy for fear is almost always trust. And so in week three, last week, we looked at a bit of a template for the risky steps that Jesus invites us to take. That each risky step helps, helps us trust Jesus more. So today, we're going to wrap up the series by looking at fear one more time. And fear is an interesting thing because fear doesn't have to be rational to impact us. In fact, the fears that impact us the most are often irrational fears. It's likely that more of you are afraid of public speaking than you are afraid of dying which means most of you would rather die than trade places with me right now. And you would rather be in the casket at the funeral rather than speaking at the funeral. And this is what fear does to us. Fear causes us to go to the extreme and sometimes to do and want silly and irrational things. And today we're going to talk about a fear that does more, than, more to keep us in our comfort zone and really away from risky opportunities than maybe any other type of fear. And this fear is kind of hard to identify because it sort of runs underneath the surface and stays hidden much of the time. It isn't the fear of failure, although that's a powerful fear for most of us. Uh, it isn't the fear of pain, although, again, that can be a major deterrent as well. I think the fear that does more to keep many of us in our comfort zones and causes us to play it safe more than any other fear is the fear of rejection. Or if you consider yourself a Bible reader, maybe you've seen it as the fear of man or the fear of people. And this fear, like most fears, can come from a healthy place. And on the foundational level, this fear of rejection comes from the desire to be accepted by others, which can be a healthy and a good thing. However, the fear of rejection can come from a desire to want so badly for other people to accept and like us that we won't show any of our flaws. We hide our faults, and, or worse yet, maybe we try to look like the person that we think everyone wants us to be. And if you have some time, look back at some of the pictures of how you used to do your hair just to be accepted. Uh, look back at some pictures of the jeans that you used to wear or wanted to wear but you couldn't afford to wear to be accepted. For me, I wanted to wear Jinko jeans to fit in during middle school. You know those huge wide leg jeans in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s? Uh, maybe for some of us, we should sort of open up our banking app and look at the money that we've spent so that we could feel accepted. 
We will drive things, we'll own things, we'll live in places, and we'll enroll our kids in things all in the name of fitting in, or at least partially so people will think a certain thing about us. And some of us take 20 pictures of the same thing before we post one picture on social media because we want everyone to think we're at the perfect place, eating the best food, and hanging out with all the right people. And this is the fear of rejection or the fear of people, and even though it might not always feel like fear, it is fear. And this is not new to our generation. This wasn't invented with social media. This fear came a long, long time ago. So we're going to look at an ancient king from 1,000 years before Jesus. Now this ancient king of Israel had something powerful to say about this fear and how we can overcome it. So that we can sort of move towards the incredible opportunities that God has for us. But they might be risky. And this ancient king, though, is Solomon. And many people throughout history have said that Solomon might have been the wisest person who ever lived. And Solomon took over the kingdom for one of the most famous and popular kings in Israel. He took over the kingdom from his dad, whose name was David. And most people believe that David was the greatest king that Israel ever had. But Solomon didn't just inherit the kingdom at a normal time in his life. Solomon took over the kingdom when he was pretty young, somewhere between 12 and 20 years old. And do you know any 12 to 20 year olds who don't struggle with a fear of rejection? And so Solomon becomes the king of Israel at this sort of teenage-ish age and taking over after his dad. And on top of that, God has asked Solomon to do something special for him. God wants Solomon to build the first permanent temple for God. And so Solomon writes what we're going to read today when he was sort of an older man looking back on his life and the lessons he learned, including this fear. Today we're going to read from Proverbs chapter 29. You can follow along the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, head to bible.com app. Once you're in the app, head to the More Menu option in the bottom right corner, select Events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Again, we're starting Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. Fearing people, Solomon said. And that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Being afraid of people or caring so much about what other people think and sort of letting their opinion guide and direct us. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Because caring so much about what others think it doesn't really feel like a trap at first, uh, because acceptance and fitting in aren't necessarily bad things. It can make us feel smart, included, cool, like we're on the team. But Solomon is saying the problem with that is, once you start living for the approval of others, uh, you start to sort of give more and more of yourself away until eventually you're in the trap. And the trap is that the more you start living for the approval of others, the more they control you. The more you start living for the approval of others, the less you are living for the approval of God. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord. Now, we know what trust means. We can sort of rely on something, depend on it, or that we can sort of have confidence in it. And yet, when it comes to applying that definition of trust to God, it can sort of start to seem a little bit fuzzy. And Solomon's definition of trusting the Lord is based on who God is, based on God's character, because of his competence and his power, because of his wisdom and his knowledge, he is worthy of your confidence and your trust, that you can rely and depend on him. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Now that last phrase is kind of interesting in the original Hebrew that this was written in. That phrase, means safety, literally meant to be set on high. To be set in a place where you're sort of safe and secure. And so Solomon is saying that those who place their trust in God and rely on God can do so with confidence. They know someone who, no matter how it turns out, 
no matter what happens in life, no matter what failure they may face, no matter what rejection they may face, no matter what fear may come their way, they know they are set in a place of safety. And when we fear people, we are placing our confidence, our trust, our faith in them, and potentially in ourselves, and ultimately our confidence is misplaced, which is part of the reason that it is a dangerous trap. And fear is really placing your faith in something. And Solomon reminds us to instead place our confidence in God rather than people, which, if we're honest, can feel a bit counterintuitive because when we look to others for acceptance, that can seem safe, mostly because we can see them. But in reality, that is a risky or a dangerous trap. Because when you trust in God and He asks you to do things differently than our friends, or He asks you to do something or choose a different career than what your family is pushing you towards, He asks you to do something different or make different choices than the current momentum of culture, that can make us feel vulnerable, like we're sort of stepping into the unknown or taking a risky and a dangerous step. But in reality, God is inviting us to step into a place where we are most safe. That trusting Jesus in any risky situation is the safest place to be. As we wrap up the message today, it can be kind of funny to sort of look back at the pictures of how you used to do your hair to be accepted. Uh, some pictures of the jeans that you used to wear to fit in. Uh, the fear of people and of rejection can impact us in different ways, but it also impacts us in much more serious ways, especially when it impacts our willingness to follow Jesus. So, what risky step is Jesus inviting you to take with Him or towards Him? And here's something that I've noticed about me. that There are times I just don't want to take that step. And almost every single one of those times, if I'm willing to be honest with myself and examine what is underneath me, struggling to, to trust Jesus to take this step or not, usually it's fear. Uh, many times, not always, but many times, I'm afraid of what other people might think. And this was particularly true as a high school student who felt that God was leading me to become a pastor. And when my friends were talking about what they were going to become, it was a, a lawyer, a pharmacist, an IT guy, and I was going to become a pastor? Like, who says that in high school? And I was quite afraid of what other people would think, and so much so that I looked into becoming an architect, and then into accounting, and took college accounting courses between my junior and senior year of high school just to have something else to tell people that I might become. And I wonder if some of you watching today, if you're honest, you might be in a similar place. That the step that Jesus might be asking you to take is to trust Him more than you fear people. It might be disguised as a job change, a transition, a relocation, a relationship change, or maybe as a habit that needs to be broken. But just like me in high school, it ultimately comes down to do you trust God more than you fear what other people might think? And yes, that can be, feel risky, and that, that really does scare many of us. And for some of us, that might scare us more than we're willing to admit, which makes sense in some ways. It makes us, it makes me, unwilling to step out of my comfort zone and sort of hesitate about anything that might make my faith more public. That the fear of other people can combat our faith in God. And in our area, as Jesus followers, we don't want to be misunderstood. We don't want to be associated with a religion that has earned the stereotypes of being hypocritical and judgmental, even though that is so different from Jesus. And here's what I hope we can take away from this. Trusting Jesus in any risky situation is the safest place to be. Trusting Jesus enough to be willing to obey Him in spite of what that risky step might look like, in spite of what other people might think, Jesus might want you to practice courageously taking risky steps with Him, sort of responding with trust and courage, 
can, can break the power of fear in our lives in the moment, but also has the potential to impact future generations as well. So with that in mind, today I want to invite some of you to take a big step and give you the opportunity to take a risky step of obedience, to trust Jesus even when it makes you afraid. And this step comes to us as something that Jesus modeled in his life, something that he did as well. And after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, he told his followers this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And like Jesus was baptized himself, he is saying baptism is a way to publicly demonstrate and communicate a decision that you've made to trust Jesus as your Savior. And we believe baptism is a step that every follower of Jesus should take after trusting Jesus as their Savior. So I want to invite some of you to get baptized on August 15th, when we're going to regather for the first time outside on our campus. And given the context of what we experienced the past 17 months, this might be one of the most powerful reminders to take a step with Jesus and face our fear. And being baptized is an opportunity to take a risky step that will show how powerful it can be to take a small, maybe courageous and bold step, even in the midst of fear, and even when it causes us to feel uncomfortable. And if you're not familiar with baptism, it's basically a visible outward symbol that represents an inward spiritual reality. And when people are baptized, typically they sort of lean back and go under the water, and it's like saying, I'm dying to myself. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to live afraid. I don't want anything to control me. I'm dying to my old way of living. I give my life to Jesus. And as you come up out of the water, it symbolizes new life, just like Jesus rose from the dead. It symbolizes the new life that Jesus has given you as you trust and follow him. Now, I imagine some of you have thought about baptism before, but for whatever reason, you haven't done it. Uh, maybe it's because you aren't sure you're ready for it, or, or maybe if you're honest, you have a bit of fear about what other people might think of you. So let me read you the rest of what Jesus said about baptizing people. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So would you take the step to head to our website, nlnc.org baptism, and let us know you're interested. Uh, others of you, maybe you've never really thought about baptism, and if that's you, would you consider it? Would you be willing to ask God if this is a step for you in your spiritual journey? And even if you've already been baptized, and this is not the next step for you, these next few weeks as we regather can be a powerful marker and reminder about trusting God even in risky situations. Because as we continue to live in this pandemic and as we hopefully we come out of it soon, we will likely need reminders to, to remind us to not let fear control us. We will need reminders to step out of our comfort zones when Jesus is inviting us to do that. And baptism can be a powerful reminder that we can trust Jesus no matter what risks this world throws at us. In the midst of whatever you are facing, you can trust Jesus. So if baptism isn't your next step, I encourage you to take the step to join us outside in our courtyard on August 15th at 10 a.m. More info about that in a few moments. And if you're willing to take the step of baptism on Sunday, August 15th, head to our website, lnc.org baptism. Someone from our team will reach out to you to chat with you, answer any questions you may have, and help you get ready to take this step of faith. But the one thing that we can't do for you, we can't step over your fear for you. Uh, but don't allow fear to stand in the way of you taking this step. Take the step that you know Jesus wants you to take. So as we wrap up this series, I just want to remind you that you have no idea how God can change your life if you're willing to trust Him with your life. And unfortunately, we also have no idea how fear can change our lives as well. Uh, how much of our lives we trust God with really does correlate 
to how real God is to you and your experience with God. And I don't want you to spend any part of your life wondering what God would have done in your life. I don't want you to spend another season of your life wondering where God is. I want you to experience God by trusting Him, especially in the risky and the fearful situations. Because when I look back at my life, I can see the times when God was inviting me to trust Him, even when it seemed risky. Uh, In middle school, Chris, just trust me, even though you're getting made fun of. Uh, In high school, Chris, trust me, even though she is cute, and she thinks you're cute, too. In college, Chris, trust me, even though you can do do everything your own way, uh, dating, marriage, and now parenting, Chris, trust me. And I look back at those situations and realize how many times I didn't trust God, Or I almost said things like, well, sorry, God, it's just too hard. Or, no, I don't enjoy being laughed at, God. No, she's too pretty. No, that's too hard. No, I just don't want to. No, no one else is doing it that way, God. What if I'd said no to God? What if I had trusted in the fear over trusting God? My life would be vastly, vastly different. And whether we are comfortable with risk or not, we all find ourselves looking at steps that seem like risky business. A step towards something that feels a little unknown or sure, unsure. A step towards or into a danger zone. A step towards something that might have the potential for failure. But trusting Jesus in any risky situation is the safest place to be. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus' life. Also, thank you for Solomon's life and so many others. Uh, of people who were willing to face fear and sort of who learned and understood how fear really can't impact us, but also their lives in some ways demonstrated the power of putting our trust in you over the fear. And so God, whatever this might land for us, would you you help us to know what to do with what we've heard today? For those who might need to take the step of baptism, would you help them to be willing to take that step? Though it might have some fear wrapped into it of what are other people going to think and I'm doing this public thing about my faith and I'm not sure what my family thinks, Whatever that might be for those people, that, that fear, whatever that fear might be, would you help them to know what you want them to do? And God, for the rest of us maybe who, um, who have maybe never even thought about baptism or maybe we've already been baptized, would you help us to see what next step we need to take that could be a step towards following you, a step of faith towards you? Would you help us to be willing to take that step? in spite of whatever fear, in spite of whatever thing we might be facing as an obstacle, would you help us to be willing to trust you? Because really, trusting you is the safest place for us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.